From Brennan to the Boca Chill, from Lamy to La Push, and from the lordly Sawduck to lovely Duckabush, from Samish to Sammamish, Suquamish to Quillacine. The climate is so friendly, it's a land that's evergreen. Hello, and welcome to the History of the Evergreen State podcast. I'm your host, John C., and thank you for joining me today for episode 74, Pondo Ray's Medellin Falls. Medellin Falls is a small community in Pondo Ray County in the Evergreen State's far northeastern corner. The area was given the name Medellin's by early non-native settlers due to outcroppings of exposed minerals. The first significant wave of new immigrants did not arrive until the late 1850s when gold was discovered. Later, valuable lead and zinc mines were discovered, but they couldn't be profitably mined until the railroad arrived in Medellin Falls in 1910. The following year, the town voted to incorporate the Lehigh Portland Cement Company, which was supported by large surface quartz and limestone reserves, was the economic heart of Medellin Falls for for much of the 20th century. During the Second World War, soldier miners were deployed to help harvest metals for the war effort, and the Medellin Mining District became the state's major supplier of lead and zinc in the second quarter of the century. The town evolved into a wilderness gateway and home to a thriving art community when the region's principal industries, mining, logging, and especially cement, deteriorated throughout the 1970s. The economy of the area is aided by two dams on the Pondo Ray River, one at Box Canyon and the other at Z Canyon. Medellin Falls is located 83 miles north of Spokane, 13 miles south of the Canadian border, and 15 miles west of the Idaho border on the banks of the Pondo Ray River. The 0.2 square mile town stands about 2,100 feet above sea level and 100 feet above the junction of Sullivan Creek to the north and the Pondo Ray River to the west, nestled in a thickly forested valley of the Selkirk Mountains, which themselves are a subgroup of the Rocky Mountain chain. On the opposite bank of the river, about a mile downstream, the older town of Medellin, founded in 1859 during the area's gold rush days, can be seen. Native Americans lived in the Medellin's area between 8,000 and 11,000 years ago, according to a 1987 archaeological dig near Sullivan Lake near Medellin Falls. The Kalispell tribe inhabited the area when the first outside explorers and fur traders arrived in the early 1800s. Along the Pondo Ray River, which was the lifeblood of Indian civilization, there is evidence of hundreds of Native American camps and villages, some dating back thousands of years. However, because of the difficulties of traversing the violent waters of the river to the north of Medellin Falls, there is little or no trace of Native American settlement. David Thompson of the Northwest Company investigated the Pondo Ray River, which he called the Salish, in 1809, trying to find a passage to the Pacific Ocean by joining it with the mighty Columbia. Thompson wrote in his journals that the Kalispell Indians were polite and helpful and that he and his group were the first non-Indians to set foot in Pondo Ray Valley. Thompson tried again in 1810 to reach the Columbia River through the Pondo Ray, but when he reached the violent waters of Box Canyon, he recognized that his mission was futile. He would subsequently come across the Columbia at Kettle Falls and follow it all the way to the Pacific Ocean. With the exception of a few fur traders, the Medellines, the Pondo Ray Valley, and its native residents were mostly unaffected by the outside world for about 50 years following Thompson's visit. After his travels, trappers from both the Hudson's Bay Company and Thompson's own Northwest Company operated in the area, but non-native encroachment was hampered by the rough terrain and a general lack of transportation. The St. Ignatius Catholic Mission was founded in 1844 by Father Jean-Pierre de Smet, a Jesuit missionary near the future town of Cusick. 
The Pondoray River is one of the few that actually flows north in the world. Floods would destroy the original mission in 1854, although it was eventually reconstructed in Montana. Prospectors discovered gold in placer sediments between Sullivan Lake and the Pondoray River, as well as in the river from Medellin Falls to Z Canyon in 1859. In the North Pondoray, this would be the first mineral to substitute the fur trade as a source of revenue. Placer mining, which entails the laborious washing and dredging of gravel or sand containing heavy ore minerals, is difficult even under ideal conditions, and the placer deposits in the Pondoray Valley were less productive and more difficult to mine than those found in earlier gold rushes in Nevada and California. After the easy gold was taken out by white prospectors, the majority of the hard-working and thorough prospectors were Chinese. They profitably mined the area for many years until the gold supply ran out in the 1870s. Outcroppings of lead, zinc, and some silver had been discovered around the Medellines by the late 1870s, attracting a new influx of prospectors to the area. Carl C. Harvey was one of the first to arrive. Harvey arrived in the Pondoray Valley in 1868 as a Civil War veteran, and by 1889 he had established a property in Z Canyon. He mined the same placer areas on the river's gravel and sandbars that the Chinese had previously explored. Despite that his cabin was a long ways away, he was an active participant in the development of the area both inside and beyond the township of Medellin Falls throughout his life. Harvey is buried half a mile south of the old Red Rooster, a former cedar shingle mill and later a dance hall about three miles south of the Canadian border near the base of a huge rock at the foot of a hill. Sheriff Tony Bamonte of Pondoray County made and put a headstone for his burial there in 1975. George Linton discovered reserves in 1887, which led to the establishment of the area's first hard rock mine. He filed seven 20-acre mining claims, each with a different name. The Oriole, for example, was found to have higher silver and gold contents. The mines, which were only a few miles from what would become Medellin Falls, produced lead and zinc as well as silver and gold. Although gold was the initial resource that lured miners to the distant location, lead and zinc would become the most sought-after minerals in the county. Lead and zinc mining was done on a modest scale by pack train and riverboat in the early days, largely for assay reasons. In 1887, the federal government also built a wagon trail across the Selkirk Mountains into the Pondoray Valley, near Box Canyon and a few miles south and upriver from the Medellines. The federal government began reshaping the river in 1889 to make it more suitable for freight navigation. The largest stumbling block came at Box Canyon when the river narrowed and the flow increased to a deadly level for all but the most experienced boatmen and the most maneuverable craft. Joe Cusick built the Red Cloud, the first steamboat to sail the Pondo Ray River in 1892. The federal government blasted and removed rock from the river in 1907 to widen and deepen the channel at Box Canyon, clearing the river for waterborne freight traveling north to Medellin Falls, under pressure from capitalists interested in downstream mineral and forestry resources. The Great Northern Railroad reached Newport in the South Pondo Ray region in 1892 after three years of construction, but it wasn't until 1910 that it began to approach Medellin Falls. Louis P. Larson, the future founder of Medellin Falls, was born in Denmark in 1876. Larson's mining and entrepreneurial skills, as well as his interest in the area's natural riches, would have a huge impact on the Pondoray Valley's economy and history decades later. Louis Larson, the 17-year-old son of Peter and Christine Larson, three brothers and three sisters, immigrated from Denmark to the United States in 1893. He struck it out on his own soon after, working in the mines of Wallace, Idaho in 1897 and the last chance mine in Northport, Washington in 1900. 
Larson married Bertha Brown of Port Carbon, Pennsylvania, who was four years his junior when he was 27 years old. Giovanna, their adopted daughter, would be born a few years later. Frederick A. Blackwell was born in Fairfield, Maine, the son of a blacksmith. He relocated to Pennsylvania at the age of 17, where he learned the lumber business and met his future wife, Isabella. Helen and Russell, their two children, were born soon after they married. In 1903, Blackwell and his family relocated to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where he began to build a varied empire that included lumber mills, railroads, and mansions. He was a crucial figure in the development of early Pondore Valley communities such as Yusk and Ione. He established his panhandle lumber mills in Ione and Spirit Lake, Idaho, with the Ione mill serving as the county's largest at the time. In 1909, Blackwell acquired a major shareholder in Lewis Larson's Inland Portland Cement Company, the growing town of Medellin Falls' economic engine. The Idaho and Washington Northern Railroad was founded by Blackwell in 1907. The track's first leg from McGuire, Idaho to Newport, Washington was finished that same year. The next year, Blackwell made additional business excursions to the Medellin Falls area by steamer. In 1909, the Idaho and Washington Northern had been extended north to Ione, west of and parallel to the Pondore River, at a cost of $1 million. Blackwell's railroad employees erected the first bridge over the Pondore in 1910, just north of Ione, allowing access to the east side of the river and subsequently to the burgeoning town of Medellin Falls, just a few miles downstream to the north. In the long term, Blackwell's commercial aspirations in the Pondore Valley did not pan out. Due to financial difficulties, he turned over the Idaho and Washington Northern Railroad on the 1st of January 1914 to the Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul, which assumed complete ownership two years later. After the railroad was lost, Blackwell maintained some assets in the Pondore Valley, but his interest in the area waned. Frederick Blackwell died in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at the age of 70 on the 8th of December 1922. Lewis Larson, on the other hand, was having a far better time of it. He began purchasing property claims in the Medellin's area in 1908. Enoch Carr, an early settler and prospector, had claimed the elevated terrace of land that would become the site of the town of Medellin Falls. Larson purchased and patented Carr's claims. This flat parcel of property perched high above the Pondore River offered breathtaking vistas of a pristine valley as well as the hopeful prospect of a new settlement. Finally, in October of 1910, the Idaho and Washington Northern Railroad reached Medellin Falls, putting an end to the valley's sole reliance on river traffic. In late 1910, Larson finished platting some of the lands that he had purchased from Enoch Carr, the Defiance, Spokane, and Homestake claims, in the same year. In the same year, he founded the Larson Realty Company to sell lots in his new town, and the new settlement received a post office. Larson's concept for Medellin Falls included the most up-to-date public amenities and parks, as well as buildings built by Spokane's Kirtland Cutter, one of the most notable Northwest architects at the time. Medellin Falls had taken shape and had a future by 1911. It incorporated on the 25th of April 1911 and elected a mayor, treasurer, and five councilmen. The town of Medellin Falls was officially formed on the 13th of May when the Stevens County Commissioners signed the official papers. On the 10th of June 1911, the Washington State Legislature split the existing county of Stevens nearly down the middle, proclaiming the eastern section of the county to establish Pondo Ray County. Medellin Falls, Ione, Use, and Newport were included in this new county, with the latter eventually becoming the permanent county seat. Pondo Ray was the Evergreen State's last county to be founded. 
On the 29th of May, 1911, Governor Marion E. Hayes led a train tour through the county to be on the Idaho and Washington Northern Railroad, concluding in Medellin Falls to commemorate the state's newest county. Lewis Larson formed the Inland Portland Cement Company on the 29th of March, 1909, with backing from Frederick Blackwell and East Coast Mining Companies. Larson's firm's activities would be transported thanks to the association with Blackwell, and the Inland Portland Cement Company would become the economic foundation on which the community of Medellin Falls would emerge. Inland Portland Cement started building on the Sullivan Lake Hydroelectric Project in the same year, which would provide power to both the industry and the community. The Inland Portland Cement Company began operations in September of 1911, just months after the town was incorporated. The majority of the assets of the Inland Portland Cement Company were purchased by the Lehigh Portland Cement Company in 1914. The Sullivan Creek Power Plant was kept by Inland. In 1959, the Inland Portland Cement Company's remaining assets were liquidated. The Lafarge Corporation bought the Lehigh Portland Cement Company in 1989. Lafarge ceased business operations one year later. Lewis Larson's cement company, originally Inland, then Lehigh, then Lafarge, and the company that developed the town of Medellin Falls ceased to exist after 80 years. Many of the corporate houses were sold to employees and are still in use to this day. In 1910, renowned Spokane architect Kirtland Cutter began construction on a home in Medellin Falls for Lewis Larson. Many corporate executives of the time favored Cutter as an architect, and his impact was felt throughout the Northwest, Southern California, and even over in England. Cutter's Lewis Larson House project was described by author David H. Stratton as follows. Even as his reputation and practice grew, Cutter continued to take on small commissions. The arts and crafts movement paid homage to the cottage as an example of honest craftsmanship. In 1910, Cutter turned to the English cottage for inspiration when he designed a house in Medellin Falls for Lewis Larson, the town's developer. This unpretentious dwelling is built of roughly coarse stone with shingled upper walls and a roof. Its most distinctive detail is the manner in which the shingles flow over the dormer window in a double wave. The idea for this probably came from thatched roofs, but it was reinterpreted, of course, in local materials and thus adapted to the site. In 1912, Larson moved into his new home. He had to cross the river from where he had been living in Medellin every time he went to Medellin Falls before this, and he nearly perished once when he fell through the ice while crossing the winter. The town's stunning $25,000 brick schoolhouse, which was erected in 1912 and became the architectural soul of the Medellin Falls community, was also designed by Kirtland Cutter. This structure would later be known as the Cutter Theater. J.H. Sexsmith built a toll bridge across the Pondo Ray River in 1919, connecting the town of Medellin Falls to the state highway and ultimately liberating it from the limits of boat and train transit. The population was 153 by the 1920 census, but it had grown to 816 a decade later. Larson's Pondo Ray Mines and Metals Company developed a water diversion hydroelectric project near Medellin Falls in 1937 with great success. Although its primary aim was to give power to surrounding mines, this was the first hydroelectric plant on the Pondo Ray River. It also provided power to the town of Medellin Falls. Its strategy was unique in that, rather than constructing a dam, river water was diverted to generators via a tunnel cut through solid rock. Years later, when the more efficient Box Canyon Dam was completed, the powerhouse was abandoned, but its building still stands. For many years, the cement plant and surrounding mining and timber firms kept Medellin Falls afloat. However, old-growth timber was depleted over time, and the more accessible minerals were taken out. 
the prosperous industrial refuge that the creators and developers of Medellin Falls and the North Pondo Ray Valley had envisioned began to erode. Lewis Larson, who had a long history of lucrative mining operations in the Pondo Ray Valley, passed away in 1955. The Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul Railroad operated into the late 1970s, but declared in 1977 that it would abandon the Pondo Ray Valley branch line. The Port of Pondo Ray was established by county citizens to take over the line, and on the 1st of October 1979, the port's new Pondo Ray Valley Railroad, POVA, commenced service between Newport and Medellin Falls. Later, POVA extended into Idaho, where it still runs a regular operation transporting wood products and other supplies from communities further down the route. The tracks between Ione and Medellin Falls are used for shipments to and from the still-standing cement silos, as well as passenger excursion trains conducted by the North Pondo Ray Valley Lions Club through Box Canyon. Medellin Falls, with its 208 residents as of the 2020 census, is surrounded by a beautiful natural landscape with many opportunities for sightseeing and outdoor enjoyment. The Gardner Caves, Boundary Dam, Box Canyon Dam, Medellin Waterfront Park, and Sullivan Lake are all close by. Hunting and fishing are popular in the surrounding forests and waterways. At Z Canyon, the Box Canyon Dam and the Boundary Dam provide employment. The Medellin Falls Cataract, which had hampered explorer David Thompson more than 150 years before, was tamed to some extent with the completion of Boundary Dam in 1967. However, it is still perilous at certain times of the year. The previous site of the falls is now marked only by the tops of rocks jutting out of the Pondo Ray River. Medellin Falls is now known for its recreational opportunities as well as its support of arts and culture. It was designated one of America's 100 Best Small Art Towns in 1998. The town features several charming festivals and community events such as the Spring Ding, a bluegrass folk music festival held in March, a fair on Main Street, an arts festival held on Labor Day weekend, and the Deck the Falls Winter Festival, held the first weekend in December. At the Municipal Park, a restored railroad baggage car operates as a visitor's kiosk with historic images of the town and its environs. The Cutter Theater, a nationally acclaimed arts center, the Washington Hotel, the Lewis P. Larson House, the Old Miners Hotel, and the abandoned cement mill on which the town's economic existence was established are all historic structures still standing in Medellin Falls and are all totally worth checking out if you are ever in the area and have some time to spare. The National Register of Historic Places has recognized several of the early builders of Medellin Falls' work. The National Register listed the Pondo Ray Mines and Metals Building, which is also known as the Lewis Larson Apartments, in 1997. It joined the cutter-designed Lewis P. Larson House and Larson's Washington Hotel, both added in 1979. The Idaho and Washington Northern Railroad Bridge, which spans the Pondo Ray River at Medellin Falls, was added in 1982, and the cutter-designed Medellin Falls School, now the Cutter Theater, had been added to the register in 1988. Medellin Falls' future may be determined by its remote position, which is surrounded by rocky scenery and offers a variety of outdoor activities. The town's remoteness, which has hampered its economic progress in the past, may now be the key to its future prosperity. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a 5-star review and don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. Doing so really helps the show to grow and to expand to a new audience, so any help that you can give in that regard will be greatly appreciated. Sources for this episode include 
History of Pondo Ray County by Tony Bamonte and Suzanne Schaefer Bamonte. Medellin Falls, The Birth and Magnificent Dream of Medellin Falls by Tony Bamonte. Medellin Falls by John Nordstrand, History Link. Spokane and the Inland Empire, an Interior Pacific Northwest Anthology by David H. Stratton. Kirtland Cutter, Architect in the Land of Promise by Henry C. Matthews. The Pondo Ray County Historical Society and Museum. Selkirkloop.org and WesternMiningHistory.com. Thank you for listening to episode 74, Pondo Ray's Medellin Falls. Episode 75 will be released next week. A special thank you goes out to Al Hirsch for providing the music for the podcast. If you have any questions about the show, please contact historyoftheevergreenstatepod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the History of the Evergreen State Podcast. And until next time, I'm your host, John C. There's peace on the Skokomish, on the Queets and on the Hull. There's calm on the Nisqually, born of ageless ice and snow. A land that nature loves so much, she stays the whole year round. I trade a royal palace for a shack on Puget Sound. There's Chimicum and Stillicum, where spouts the gooey duck. The singing still a Guamish and the swirling skookum chuck and Moclips and Copalis where the razor clams abound. A little bit of heaven is a shack on Puget Sound. A little bit of heaven is a shack on Puget Sound.